0: This is the Plant Yourself Podcast. I'm Howard Jacobson of plantyourself.com. Before we get into today's interview, a couple of quick notes. First of all, yesterday, amazing headlines in newspapers all over the world and heard it on NPR and it's been on TV too. The World Health Organization has released a report saying that processed meat is a definite class one carcinogen, which puts it right up there with cigarettes and asbestos. And meat in general, red meat, is a probable carcinogen. And we've had the usual flurry of doctors saying, well, everything in moderation, and the meat industry saying, but meat has zinc and protein and vitamin A, and therefore it's good for us and don't slander us and very little of what I would call our side, the fact-based, evidence-based side. Um, If you're looking for facts and evidence, I can't recommend anything more highly than the book I helped Garth Davis write, Proteinaholic, which came out two weeks ago, so very, very timely. But it's clear that the message is getting out there, and let's do our part to continue to spread it. And one of the things I think is real important is, once the information is out there, it's done its job. We're not telling people what to do, what to eat, what not to eat. But I think it's unconscionable that people are making food choices without the right evidence, without being informed. If you just gave someone cigarettes and didn't tell them that cigarettes can cause all sorts of health problems, I would consider that neglect, criminal neglect. And same thing with food. So with this WHO report, and hopefully with warning labels coming at some point, people can eat whatever they want, but at least they'll know the downsides, the potential risks involved, just like you you would want them to know the risks with any procedure or treatment or diagnostic or anything in life. Let's, Let's let people go into this fully informed. On to today's guest, so I've moved to a new office that has occasionally blazingly fast internet, so I'm able to do uh, some more multimedia stuff. So I decided for my um, recent podcast interview with Jill McKeever to use Skype video as well as audio. And the first thing I noticed when we got on the uh, Skype call together was that she was wearing a pair of white fuzzy bunny ears. And I thought, well, this could go really, really well or really, really poorly. <laughs> <laughs> and luckily, it went really, really well. So Jill is a, an upcoming uh, YouTube celebrity. She does videos almost every day on uh, what she cooks for family. And she has become a huge fan of a piece of kitchen equipment called Instant Pot, which is essentially an electric, programmable electric pressure cooker. It does a bunch of other stuff as well, but basically, it's a pressure cooker. And I have one, and I use it maybe twice a day on average. So I'm a fan. And Jill wrote a cookbook called OMG Good. Um, It's about instant pot recipes, whole food plant-based instant pot recipes. And I asked her to send me a copy. And I read it and I tried uh, one of the recipes and my family decided it was so good that we made it the next four days in a row. So um, based on that... um, and of one, I hardly recommend this cookbook. And I think when you, when you meet Jill on this uh, podcast, or if you want to go to plantyourself.com, search for Jill or Instant Pot or Woot Woot, and you'll find the episode and you can watch and see how uh, sort of animated she is on video. Uh, I think you're going to learn a lot about how to cook delicious, healthy food in batch-like quantities for very little money and with very little time. So without further ado... Jill McKeever, welcome to the Plant Yourself podcast.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, so um, this is unusual for me in that I usually just do audio, but I moved to a new office that actually has fast enough internet to try to handle some video. So maybe some folks are actually watching us, and uh, they, they will notice that you are you are wearing bunny ear. On That's your, right. On your head. So I've got to start. I've got to start by asking, like, why?
1: <laughs> well. Um Really, basically, it's just to get a laugh from everybody, to make people smile. Uh, You know, I discovered about a year ago that um, as much as I love uh, watching um, plant-based experts and going to plant-based events and and learning everything about plant-based, we get a little too serious. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was like, you know, we need to add a little more humor into our journey. So uh, I came across these rabbit ears. And uh, I asked my online community, you know, uh, actually I had come across two pair, like a fuzzy pair and a not so fuzzy pair. And I asked my online community, which one should I go, to fuzz or not to fuzz? And everybody chose fuzz. And uh, ever since then, they've just become a part of me. I wear them when I go to events. And uh, every time I'm online, I do a live broadcast. I wear them. And if I don't wear them, my online community's like, where that you know, where are the ears? You gotta have your ears. Go put your ears on. So now okay. it's just you know
0: uh, now you're a prisoner of your ears.
1: I am, but I like them. They fit well. So that's good. <laughs>
0: yep. And for those of you who are just listening, they are not real rabbit ears. Oh. Well. No, no actual rabbits were harmed? and the... No,
1: no, not at all. Not okay. at all.
0: So so now that we've gotten that out of the way, um, we're going to be talking today about your new book, uh, OMG Good. It's a, a primer on iPod cooking, which is of uh, interest to a lot of people. And we'll go into what the iPod is and all that. But I want to start by asking you, like, how did you get to this place? And I don't mean wearing bunny ears on Skype, but how did you get to eating a whole food plant-based diet? What's, what's your journey been like? What are the drivers been?
1: Well, the the biggest, just to jump to the middle of that story would be, um, maybe like so many of us, I watched Forks Over Knives. And that movie gave me permission to just eat my vegetables. I grew up a kid already loving my vegetables. Uh, so meat was just always something that was put on my plate and because I was supposed to eat it. but And I ate it and I was fine with that. But really vegetables have always been my favorite part of the meal. So when I watched Forks Over Knives and I learned I didn't need all that other, you know, I didn't need meat to be healthy. I was like, okay, I'm on board. And um, and the other part of that, uh, that Forks Over Knives did for me is that it really resonated with what was going on in my life at the time. I, I was, I just hit 40 and, uh, my friends around me were about, you know, 10 years older than I was. I have family around me that, that, uh, they're, you know, 10, 15 years older than I am. And they were already on medication, you know, the blood pressure medication and all that, you know, the cholesterol stuff. And I just thought that that was going to be my life when I got to that point. I thought, well, this was so normal because it seemed so normal to hit 50 and then start taking all, you know, doing all these procedures and, taking all this medicine. And, uh, and Borks Over Knives showed me that that's not my future, my future. It doesn't have to be my future. I can control that right now. And so uh, I asked my husband, you know, if he would watch the movie with me. And he did. And he was like, let's do it. You know, He uh, <laughs> thankfully, he was r- very receptive. And um, I have two children. They're now 15 and 12. And, and I said, this is what we're doing because I'm mom and I cook and, you know, this is the way it's going to go. So they came along and we've been, uh, we'll be plant-based uh, this November for four years. And it's been a great, great journey. I, I have, I feel like I've completely avoided everything. I, the whole, uh, my husband and I have both lost weight, a lot of weight uh, because of it. And we feel healthier and more energetic and than I ever thought would happen for us. It's been awesome.
0: Wow. So... People are listening to this and saying, what? You, you just told your husband to watch them or asked your husband to watch the movie. And he said, yes. And then he said, let's do it. And you yeah. told your kids, this is what we're going to do. And they said, Okay.
1: Yep. what
0: planet what planet are you from I mean what, what I assume in, in in your work in spreading the message you must talk to a lot of people who have a very different experience of onboarding family members what do you think you did differently either in the process or in setting it up in terms of relationships that made it so easy
1: well I think yeah uh, first first off I'd have to say we're I have a family, I'm blessed with a family that loves their vegetables. My, I, you know, I started my kids early eating their vegetables and turning them on to those sorts of things. We kept processed foods to a minimum when I was, you know, when they started eating solids. Uh, I'm very fortunate that my daughter, who's the pickiest eater, um, her first whole, her first, um, food, solid food was black beans. And she's one of those eaters that doesn't like anything that's too exciting. And she's eaten black beans her whole life. She eats them all the time. And so, uh, so I'm kind of blessed in that in our tastes are already kind of leaning that way. But also, um, I mean, we were eating meat at the time. We were just like everybody else. And um, I think what, what really helped my, my kids along is that I, I took hold of the Meals that they already love, those comfort foods that they already loved, and I just slowly transitioned them to, you know, to tasting good without the butter and without the eggs and without, you know, without adding all the oils and that kind mm-hmm. that type of thing. So it was just this just gradual uh, progression. Um, my husband, you know, he was a grown up, so he could he could t- you know he toughed it out with me. We just learned to eat differently. Um, but he's a runner and he wanted to eat healthy. So that was his motivation. Health was his mm-hmm. big, um, the, the part in Forks Over Knives where the surgeon who's eating right and doing it all and he's running and he's, he's doing everything. But then his heart has like all that damage. You know, that, that hit home for him. That was something that was like, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm doing what he's doing and I don't want to end up like that. So that, you know, that rang for him. But, so, um, so but, did you, but did transitioning, you know, just just paying attention to what my family already loves, and then I just worked my way to making those meals healthier for them. Mm-hmm. Do you have an example? Um, like well, like we went through. We we're still working on macaroni and cheese, the infamous macaroni and cheese recipes. Uh, you know, tried to make them, you know, making them dairy free. We had to get used to. Um, or I was learning how to use nuts and cashews and stuff to make cream sauces instead of butter and cheese. And, uh, we had to learn, you know, which, uh, non-dairy milks that we liked. It was kind of one of those, we were at the time that we changed, we were, we were on this path of we, we had already given up processed foods. We didn't eat out in fast food restaurants anymore. We had seen super size me that fixed us. And so, um, so we were at this point where we were like, we were eating, uh, grass fed meats, raw milk, raw cheese. We were on that, you know, that, um, that streak there. And so to give up milk was, I just had to find the milk that tasted good. And it was just like, we just kind of went through them all. We tasted them all. We, we accepted that this was going to be a change and everything, everything was going to be different, but we were going to be, we were working towards being healthier. Mm -hmm. And, and my kids understood that. So I was lucky that they got it. And, um, so I have
0: I have a a question about that. If you, if you're eating, you know, raw milk and grass-fed beef, you're you're already in a group of people who are very health conscious. Yeah. And I'm wondering if you got any blowback from them where there are people who said like well, what what are you doing? Haven't you seen, you know, raw milk doesn't cause allergies and all the uh, the the vitamins in this grass-fed beef and the profile of these organic eggs. Did you what what was that like to um <laughs> to, to to hear that and and what you know did you get did you get confused or how how did that all work?
1: So um, we we lived in East Texas. So I knew the people growing the food. I was that I was very close to our food. I was driving thirty three miles to the organic dairy to get my raw milk. I knew the farmers that grew our um, vegetables and raised the beef. So when I turned to the uh, dairy woman who who I bought the raw milk from, you know, I told her, Hey, we're going vegetarian. I just used the word vegetarian at the time. I said, we're going vegetarian. I'm, I, you won't see me anymore. She was like, yeah, okay. Well, uh, we'll see how that works out. I mean, she was like, she'd already set me up that I was going to fail and I was going to be back and I couldn't live without her. Mm. Uh, but you know, okay. And so that I never saw her again, but uh, my grant, the, the farmers that I knew, that were raising the beef, you know, they were interested because they had, you know, um, one particular one, you know, he always wanted to remind me that he had an uncle that lived to be 102 and, you know, he ate, uh, you know, he ate uh, bacon all the time and he smoked cigarettes and he lived to be, you know, so old and, you know, he just kept bringing that up, you know, like, how are you going to, you know, that the diet's not really the big deal, but, but um what really helped is i stayed friends with everybody except for the dairy woman cuz she was too far <laughs> but i did stay friends with the people that were that that raised the meat and they did see me change i mean i dropped 30 pounds in 6 months eating mm. a whole food plant based diet i got energy i had i had problems when they knew me and for them to see my problems go away it was um they were interested. I mean, they were like, wow, you know, maybe I should, you know, they were really interested in like giving up oil that type of thing. They weren't ready to give up their meat, but they were certainly interested in, in, um, eating more vegetables, you know, and, and, and appreciating their, their veggie plates, uh, more often. So uh-huh. it did have a positive effect, but I did have one, um, one person that had a problem and, uh, with it. And she was, um, uh, I have to be careful how I say this, but, uh, I'm not going to say what she did, but she did have a problem, uh, with what I was doing. And she was afraid that I was going to starve my children and that they were going to have brain disorders and that type of thing. But, um, but we just kept on, I just kept on doing, uh, what. I was learning from Dr. Esselstyn and Dr. McDougall. I had, you know, I had Dr. Neil Bernard. I had their books uh, to kind of keep me strong and knowing that I was on the right path. Uh, Dr. Pamela Popper, I was reading her books. And so um, so I, I didn't feel alone because we, we, you know, I felt like I had all this scientific data to back me up. I didn't have to prove myself, but I felt good that, you know, I was in the right place. Mm-hmm.
0: And you were living in East Texas at the time? Yeah. So did you, you weren't alone in terms of having friends on the bookshelf? Did you have a community that you found of plant-based eaters in East Texas?
1: No, not, no neighbors. No, uh -uh. no, I was completely alone. As far as neighbors were concerned, we were completely alone. Uh, But thankfully, you know, I've been a a food blogger since 2007 and Mm. we went plant-based in 2011. So I already had this broad online community uh, to reach out to and um, so I just changed right in front of them, and I thought, well, I'm, I know I'm going to lose some people, but maybe some people will stick around. And a lot of people stuck around. They they, they saw me change online, and so um, so today, my online community. I mean, they're my support group. They're I, I we meet up, you know, three times a week through live broadcast just to talk recipes, exercise, talk lifestyle, family, and it's been a great. The, being online is a great place to be when you don't have anybody else to turn to.
0: Hmm. Uh-huh. Well, you're going to have to teach me how to do that. Cause, uh,
1: <laughs> for, first thing I,
0: first thing I have to do is learn how to use hangouts. And the second thing is I need to f- buy bunny ears, I guess, for the
1: oh, improved they reception.
0: Um, <laughs> so, so let's, let's, um, let's talk about your book and, and first, um, Let's talk about the the machine itself. So there's this thing called the, the Instant Pot or the iPot. Um, what what is it, and why do you like it?
1: <laughs> okay, so the reason I, the Instant Pot is a programmable pressure cooker. First, but I mean, that's kind of the that's what it says on the side of the box. Uh, but it's more than just a pressure cooker. It's it steams, it sautes, it slow cooks. Uh, it will do rice, there's a soup button, there's a meats button, but I never touched that one. Um, but it's uh, it's an all-in-one cooker and it also makes yogurt. I don't know why I always save that one for the last, but that was the reason why I bought it because uh, there was a moment there where I was, needing, I, I was experimenting with yogurt and, there really wasn't a a non-dairy yogurt in my local grocery store. Hmm. And so the Instapot has a yogurt feature. And I was like, Hmm, there we go. That's what I need. I want to be able to make my own yogurt. And so I bought the machine just for that. Um, I've been pressure cooking since, I don't know, since Charlie and I got married, I've been married 19 years. And so my grandmother taught me how to use a stovetop pressure cooker. So, um, I was like, well, okay, we'll just give this, you know, give this thing a spin. So I started using it for yogurt, but then quickly uh, learned that, you know, it could cook brown rice in 22 minutes versus 40 minutes. And my pinto beans could be cooked up in 25 minutes versus the 50 minutes that it took on my stovetop cooker. And I was like, hmm, this thing's pretty cool. And it was so easy because uh, it does everything. You push the button; it automatically goes, you know, uh, into its cooking mode. When it's pressure cooking, uh, it will it will cook, and then it will go into keep warm mode. So there's nothing to pay attention to. You know, if you ha- if you're familiar with pressure cooking with the stovetop cooker. You know, you kind of have to, you have to stay near the stove. You, you have to wait for the pressure to build up and then you have to set the timer. And then when the timer goes off, you have to get back to the kitchen. You have to turn that heat off and you've got to wait for the pressure to go down before you can get the lid off and all those sorts of things. And with the iPod, there's none of that. It's almost like microwave cooking. You're, you put the stuff in the pot, you put the lid on, you hit the button, and then you can go back to doing whatever you you were wanting to, you know, do with your day. And then when you're ready to eat, it's ready. You know, kinda like a slow cooker, but but faster because you can pressure cook like you can slow cook. Right. So that won me over. And now I'm just like a big spaz about it. And 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 I cook from my Instapot every day. That's not an exaggeration. Because it sautes and it has like three heating modes, I can just cook my regular skillet meals. Um, in the InstaPot, and then when I'm done, I can put the lid on. I can turn on the keep warm mode, and then I can go back to doing what I wanted to do. And when dinner comes around, when we're ready, when we're all ready to eat, it's already done. And and I've been able to, you know, uh, get more work done because I didn't have to stand over the stove. So
0: yeah, I have to say that that you know the I bought it for the time saving, and I really don't care about that. What I really care about is that. I can get distracted and I don't ruin meals and put my house and family at risk. Yeah. Like, like this, this morning I was in my office and I was, and I heard the shower running and I'm like, geez, my wife's taking a really, she doesn't even take showers. She takes baths. She's taking a really long shower. And I walk to look and the lights off in the bathroom. Like, this is kind of weird. And I peek over and there's nobody in the shower. And then I remembered that I had like turned it on 20 minutes earlier <laughs> You oh know, gosh. I have to wait two minutes for the water to heat up, so I just went to check my email and I completely forgot now if you my wife doesn't know about this yet so this if she listens to this episode, that's the first she'll hear of it why our why our heating bill is uh, is so high this month yeah. but th- but that's the sort of thing I used to do, you know. Just little distractions would lead to, you know, certainly cooking disasters, burning the, burning the rice on the stovetop. Or when I had a, um, a second generation pressure cooker that was, you know, was the safer kind, it wasn't the jiggly kind. But yeah. still, you know, I, I would go somewhere and then I'd come back and like the, this, the whistle was screaming. And what I love about the Instant Pot is that once I do it, there's nothing bad that can happen. It doesn't mess. It doesn't ruin the food. It just keeps it warm. And sometimes I come back and I'm like, oh, look, I've been I've been cooking those chickpeas. They've been on for like two hundred (laughs) and forty (laughs) six minutes since since the since it stopped cooking. And I open it up and they're just they're fine.
1: Yeah. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. Yeah. I'm obsessed with it. I, I really love it. And that was the reason why you know, uh, when, when I, when the Instapot came into my life, I always you know, feel like it's like this, you know, other person in my life. I, I totally adore my Instapot. I actually have two, well, I have three of them and, uh, but I only use two on, on a regular basis. And, um, uh, it, it just, it just becomes like an everyday appliance. It's, just, it, and it's so simple. I, I've said it before to my online community. It almost seems so simple, too simple to cook with it because most of the time you're just putting everything in the pot and then you're hitting one button and you're walking away and, and you have to wonder, well, is that really cooking? You know, cause there are some foodies that would like to say that, you know, when we put something in the microwave and we hit one button, that that's not cooking. Uh-huh. but. It's kind of, well, well, I don't know, because, you know, you get these great meals from the Instapot. And just like you said, dinner's ready and it's not ruined. It's just waiting for you. And there's the, the recipes and the meals that can come out of that Instapot are just, they all turn out great. I've, I've had very few fails from my Instapot, even mm-hmm. when I've completely forgotten that I had something in there.
0: Mhm. Well, I will I'll argue that it's different from microwaving, especially if the thing you're microwaving is, you know, a Hungry Man meal or a lean cuisine. It's
1: true. <laughs> That's um, true.
0: You know, the question is can can you ruin it? And I and I and I have to say I I've, I've um, I'm pretty good cook when I follow recipes and I'm I'm an astoundingly bad cook when I follow my intuition. <laughs> and so things have come out of the instapot where I go well, that wasn't cooking that was that was just a mistake I don't know why I put coconut extract in, um, in in like sauteed vegetables
1: yeah trying to make that coconut milk action happen or something yeah
0: yeah I was trying to do it fat free you yeah. know, it, it was just that's a terrible it was a terrible idea
1: <laughs> well that's what I you know when, so when I wrote the book you know um, I was very excited because I had spent the last year cooking out of my Instapot. And there's, there are some wonderful cookbook authors out there who have made some very informative pressure cooking cookbooks. And um, people like Jill Nussanow and JL Fields. Um, I know there's some others, and I, but those are the top two that come to my mind. And uh, they have wonderful books. In fact, I have their books. and. Um, But there was was this moment in my own uh, Instapot cooking that I was like, you know, I I have to keep, like, changing the directions, you know, from the stovetop uh, settings to what it would be on the Instapot. And I thought, why don't I just go ahead uh, and just put all these recipes together that I've converted already from stovetop pressure cooking directions to Instapot cooking directions and just put it in a book. And so that's how I came up with the cookbook. And then the title of the book, OMG Good, is really from the online community because uh, all these recipes have already been Tried and tested with my on my YouTube community and my Facebook community, and uh, they came back and they're like, "OMG, this is so good!" and "OMG, I can't believe my husband loved this!" and "Oh, my kids love this! I didn't think they would, but they really do." And this "OMG" just kept getting repeated. I'm like, "Okay, I think that's going to be the title of the book." Mm. "OMG, good!" <laughs> and, uh, so every meal, uh, every recipe here is you know a real meal that. Every family, no matter if they're all plant-based or if they're just partially plant-based, everybody has has enjoyed the the recipes from the book. So they're winners.
0: Cool. So so when you think about, we'll we'll get into some of the some of the recipes, but just for people who have, you know are inspired to go buy an Instapot. And by the way, you have to tell me if you have a um, you know an online um, password where you can you can get a referral fee for. Uh, for selling it because I know know that's that's one way that some plant-based chefs make some money is they do a demo with the the Instant Pot and they have a pretty robust affiliate program. So you have to tell us what your link is so people can get the free shipping and everything.
1: Okay. Okay. Uh, You want the link now or you want to just post that with the... Why don't you do
0: it now for people who are just listening who aren't going to go to the the blog?
1: Yeah. Uh, You can go over to uh, the instapot.com website and Mm -hmm. you can use woot woot which is w o o t w o o t uh, as your uh promo code and that will let instapot know that i sent you that that direction um i have a much longer url for my amazon link so i'll have to share that with you um like offline and uh, you can post it with the video or with the podcast but uh yeah, that that one's longer, so it's easy to say.
0: Fair enough. <laughs> but go, woot go, woot! That's inst- what
1: I say every time we say woot woot. Uh, every time I mention woot woot in my videos, I mean, I'm sorry. Every time I mention Instapot in my videos, we all go woot woot, and it's like a thing. Uh, so do
0: they? Do they know you? Are you are you like their George Foreman?
1: Well, no, they have a couple of George Foremans. I'm not. I'm just one of the cheerleaders for uh-huh. Instapot, but I'm not like the main cheerleader. But I, I, um. But I've been like the fun, you know, most fun, and I, I have the woot woot. So now it's like spreading through the InstaPot community. So every time somebody says uh, InstaPot or I just got my uh, just got my InstaPot, you can see in the thread somebody will say woot woots. <laughs> so it's
0: fun. <laughs> awesome. All right. So for someone who just gets it and they're they're all excited, what are the basic principles of using the Instant Pot that might be different from people who have, you know, just familiarity with cooking on a stovetop? What do do you think about differently? What do you do differently?
1: Well, um, you know, the InstaPot does so many different things. So if we're talking about going from a stovetop recipe to a pressure cooking,
0: yeah, let's, let's, let's start with pressure cooking.
1: Okay. So, um, with pressure cooking, you, you really are cooking the meal in a shorter amount of time. Um, One of the things that I I love that a pressure cooker can do for us is that we can put all the chopped vegetables in the pot at the same time and then we can just cook them all at the same time versus stovetop cooking where we may need to tenderize our onions and celery or bell pepper first and get them all tender before we can add the remaining ingredients and then cook everything, Uh, you know. In the Instapot, you can just throw it all in. It's all going to get tender. You know, those chopped onions and bell peppers and things like that, they will they will become translucent and soft within minutes, you know, three or four minutes. You, you're going to, on the stovetop recipe, you're going to spend, you know, 10 to 20 minutes at the stove waiting for things to tenderize and bringing, bringing it all together. Whereas in pressure cooking, whether it's stovetop or uh, it's in the Instapot, you're most vegetables are done in about three minutes. You know, even potatoes. If you're making a um, an Indian dish or a curry dish with uh, like one-inch potatoes, the, that can be finished in three to four minutes and you're ready to eat. So it's... Hmm. Phew, you know, you go from this much time to this much time cooking. It's mm-hmm. awesome. Do
0: you have to worry about the sizes that you chop things into because I'm thinking like a potato might cook faster than a sweet potato or if you if you're putting in a green like broccoli or green, you know, broccoli would cook really really fast. Do you have to how do you yeah. think how do you think about the different cooking times which you can modulate if you're cooking stovetop but you you can't really you can't keep keep opening the pressure cooker because it's under pressure
1: well yeah and something like that if you have um if you have a recipe where it has you know the different vegetables in it the first thing i would look at is what what vegetable is going to take the longest to cook and, and actually potato will cook faster than a sweet potato and i don't know why but they do and um So I would look at the thing that takes the longest and then I look at the the rest the 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 vegetable that's gonna take the least amount of time. And now not all stovetop uh, recipes will work in one, you know, with one action in the Instapot. So let's say that we're trying to do a broccoli potato soup. Well The broccoli's gonna, broccoli cooks really quick. I mean, it's like one minute. You get the pressure up, it cooks for one minute. You need to open up that valve, let that steam out, and get it out. Even if you just wanted to steam broccoli, one minute is as far as you can go to keep it pretty. Uh, Anything beyond that, it looks terrible. Um, So I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't use recipes that have like really tender vegetables and then longer cooking vegetables together. I would just, Thankfully, in an InstaPot, you can just use the t- sauté feature, and you could just cook them like you would cook them on the stovetop. Or save back those tender vegetables, and just throw them in last. So, like, cook that potato for the four minutes that it would take to cook it tender. Release the steam, which is easy and safe. You can with the with that with the um, steam release handle, and and let the steam out, and then drop in those tender vegetables, put the lid back on, and you can either use the saute feature to, to, to heat it back up or, um, you know, you could turn the manual back on and then cook it for like one, you know, sit the, set the timer for one minute. And because everything's so hot, it, wouldn't, it doesn't take very long for the pressure to build back up again. And then the one minute's over and then you're releasing the pressure again, taking the lid off and you're eating. So sometimes you have to break it up, but most recipes you can just throw it all in there.
0: Gotcha. So did you find that there are a lot of recipes that you don't have to adapt at all for the pressure cooker? And I'm thinking specifically, like, for, in my experience, a lot of soups. I don't, I don't even do anything differently. I just pour it all in and, and put it on. Have you, have you found that a lot of recipes need to be adapted or benefit from adaptation? Or are there some that you can just put in as is?
1: throw in as is. I think that the one direction that I love being able to skip is, you know, like I mentioned earlier on a, on a stovetop soup recipe, you might have that direction where you want to tenderize the vegetable. You want to tenderize the onion and the garlic first before you add the rest of the uh, vegetables. Well, in the Instapot, you don't need to do that. You know, you can go ahead and just put it all in and it will cook tender and translucent, just as if you had tried to cook before. Now there are some pressure cooker uh, chefs out there that will still recommend, you know, um, sautéing the vegetables first before adding the rest, the rest of the vegetables. But uh, I think that's preference, mm-hmm. really. So I haven't uh, seen any difference. Right you know, now, I, you know, yeah. by skipping this step.
0: Yeah. Now you, you and I both know how to uh, sauté without oil. Yeah. Right. But most people don't. Right. but You know, I can explain it and I can show people how to do it. And it's actually a little bit tastier because you add a little bit of broth or water or whatever. But but most people, I think, are are very intimidated by the idea of of sauteing oil free. But the Instant Pot kind of makes it easier because you can skip that step. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of makes it easier to, to not add oil to recipes.
1: Uh, that's true. You know, I've uh, I've taken that for granted, so it didn't even come to mind when you're asking, you know, how to adapt a recipe. I have been cooking without oil, you know, for four years now. And so it's now just, I, I don't think anything about it. I don't miss, I don't, we don't miss the oil. It never, um, it never really, uh, it didn't hurt the recipe to cook without it at all. And it's so easy to just cook with water. Uh, I don't even bother with uh, vegetable broths or anything like that. Sometimes the recipe will say to cook uh, the vegetables and vegetable broth. But, uh, to me, I'm like, well, the vegetable broth always ends up evaporating. So that's kind of a waste of ingredient for me. I want to just go ahead and use water. The water's going to evaporate. The vegetables would be tender. And then I save the vegetable broth for seasoning later on in the recipe, you know, so, uh, when we can actually taste it and enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. So let's talk about
0: some of the recipes you've come up with. And first, I want to ask you about ingredients that I'm unfamiliar with. Okay. So so I opened up to Austin Curly Stew, and the first ingredient is rehydrated soy curls And yeah. so my first thought was that sounds like textured vegetable protein. It sounds like some horrible highly processed weird food And then I had to, I went to the um, to your introduction where you talk about it and I was oh gosh I've never heard of this before. Can you tell us about soy
1: curls? Oh my gosh these are awesome. These are the great. They are a whole food. Uh, they're they're no different than uh, you know us eating raisins or you know dried apricots or anything like that. It's it, soy curls are actually the soy bean that's been um, that I've talked with Butler Foods and they won't divulge like everything about the process because they're trying to patent their process. But it but they do assure us that the whole bean is non GMO, grown organically without pesticides. They boil it and stir it, and the soybean just elongates in the process, and then they, they pull the soybean out, and you've got this long strand, and they dehydrate it and bag it. That's it. There's nothing else. There's no seasonings, there's no preservatives or anything like that. They put it right in the bag and then they sell it, and they ship it to us. And what we do with it is you take we take the soy curls and you can rehydrate them in water, or you could use a vegetable broth or a no beef beef broth. I don't know if you're familiar with those, but uh, like from Better Than Bouillon, they do a no beef beef broth. And, or you can just marinate it. Use your old favorite marinades to, to rehydrate the soy curls. And then from there, you can go and revamp all your old favorite meat dishes using the soy curls. So you can make a soy curl taste like um, pulled pork, or your your uh, you know a brisket sandwich, or you know shredded chicken. Any any of those old favorites that we that uh, you have in your cookbooks, you can you can replace all that meat with the soy curls, and you would not know the difference. I have given shredded soy curls, barbecue soy curls to my uncle who is a you know self proclaimed carnivore, and asked him to uh, try my you know barbecue shredded soy curls, and he told me that. If I had used his favorite barbecue sauce, he would not have been able to tell the difference between my sandwich and what he can put, you know, what he can smoke on the grill.
0: Wow! And I was, I was like, and, and you see these They're are awesome. available at Butler Foods?
1: Yes, butlerfoods.com. You can also, uh, that's the best place to get them, really. That's the best price. You can buy them uh, by the bag, or you can actually get a 12-pound bulk bag. So once you discover that you like them, I highly recommend just getting the 12-pound bulk bag, which is a lot of soy curls. But you store them in your freezer, and then they'll keep, they keep very well in the freezer. And you have to keep them refrigerated or uh, frozen because soybeans are so high in oil, that the oil will turn a rancid. So Mm. you don't, you can't just keep them in the pantry, even though they're dehydrated.
0: Gotcha. Uh, So, so when the, when the neighborhood power goes out for a week and all your neighbors are like binging on their ice cream and brisket, you're like, all right, we've got to make 11 pounds of soy curls today.
1: Yeah, that's exactly it. And they do go on the grill. I grilled them this summer and I had a blast with that. It was awesome. I made, um, uh, I had my old, uh, Buffalo wings marinade and and uh I pulled that out and blew the dust off it and I was like, hmm, let's put this on Toy Girls and see what happens. And I put the, pulled those out on the grill. And we had those for Fourth of July. They were awesome. It was great. We had meat eaters, meat eaters over for Fourth of July and they loved it. They did not they thought they were eating chicken. It was great. Wow. I mean it didn't look like chicken. But once they took a bite, they really could not tell the difference. I'm
0: gonna have to give this a try because I I, t- I tried jackfruit two nights ago for the first time ever, and I was kind of disappointed. It was uh, it was really um, you know hyped as as like a, a meat alternative. It was more like sort of a mushy rutabaga.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you said that because I feel the same way about jackfruit. I think it gets a lot of hype. Uh, my husband said. If, the first time we ever tried it, the first and last time we ever tried jackfruit, he said, "This it tastes like like a a poor restaurant or a restaurant's poor attempt at trying to make a meat substitute." And I thought, "That's it. Um, <laughs> I don't want to do that anymore." And it and it's so hard to find. Uh, Jack Jackfruit is you know it, it's not. I mean, well, soy curls are, you know, not on every grocery store list uh, or you know uh, aisle. But um, at least they're easy to find online and so, and they ship easy and they're lightweight. So it's not like you have to pay, you know, a bunch of shipping to get them delivered to your house, but. um,
0: All right. right. Well, um, I'm not a convert because I haven't tried them yet, but I'm, I'm definitely going to give them a try. Yeah. Yeah. Um. All right. So when when you set out to create your recipes and you, and you said you created your recipes before you wrote the book, you were just doing this, uh, these Google Hangouts and, and, um, and blogging and just sharing stuff. Um, what what were the first dishes that you thought, I want to try this in the in the Instant Pot?
1: Well, you know, um, I'm just like everybody else. I have a ton of cookbooks around me. I'm kind of, you know, I'm obsessed with cookbooks. It's like the only thing I read. (laughs) So um, it was just, I would come across recipes in these cookbooks that I thought were great. And I thought, uh, maybe you're not there yet, but you get to that point where you're reading recipes and you go, hmm, I wonder if I could put this, you know, I could cook this in the Instapot. It's like a natural question because, you know, you're trying to figure out what to cook for supper and you're like, hmm, how do I get this in the Instapot? And uh, so then it was just a matter of taking these recipes that really, I mean, it sounds like I'm stealing them, but I I didn't. I I took the recipes that were already out there and kind of blended, um, you know, especially Indian recipes. This is what comes to mind, like curried potato recipes and such and curried sauces and things like that. I've read so many recipes that that I just borrowed from Everyone mm. to come up with what would work in the InstaPot, and uh, and then I tried it out on my family, and they liked it, and then I tried it out on my online community, and they liked it, and I'm like, okay, sold, this is it. So um, it really was that simple. It's just a little bit of trial and error.
0: Wow. So I'm, I'm looking at um, the awesome Tex Mex lasagna stack.
1: Oh, that's so, good. So
0: you can you can actually like you make the stack in the Instant Pot.
1: Yeah. So and I money. use the you use the slow cook mode to make that one happen. Now somebody just told me the other day that they they use the pressure cooker mode, which is actually the manual button, mm-hmm. to make that happen, and they said it turned out great. Uh, but when I make that one, I suggest to do it s- to slow cook it because everything is so dense—the the beans and the tomatoes, and you get the tortillas. Um, and also, I think when I was putting that recipe together, I had the time to let it steep and I thought yeah you know this will, this will work and so I, I just made that one a slow cooker
0: mm-hmm. Well maybe when you do it for four hours you feel like you're cooking more even though you're still just pressing one button
1: Maybe that's it which I still forgot that it was in there right and it still you know just kicked into keep warm mode and, and we're like oh yeah we need to go there's dinner, dinner's already ready yay I don't have to do anything
0: <laughs> Alright so here, here's one that looks ridiculously easy Barbecue cabbage sandwiches Oh, I just turned to that one too. So there's three ingredients, cabbage, barbecue sauce, and whole wheat buns or hoagie rolls. Really? You can, people will just eat barbecued cabbage and feel like it's a meal?
1: Uh, Yeah, they do. I think, you know, a lot of people have uh, tried it just because they like cabbage, you know, and I've said to everyone, you have to be a cabbage eater first you okay. know, our cabbage-like, you know, lover. And uh, if you love cabbage, then I think, you you know, you'd be open-minded to trying it. And it's surprisingly, people are like, wow, I didn't think that was going to fill me up. Or I had no idea that cabbage could do that. But the 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 trick is just making sure you don't overcook the cabbage. You don't want to – you need it to have a little bit of bite. Mm. Um, you know, a little – you need to – not like crunch, but a little less than, you know, a little f- – a little away from crunch but not mush and so that's why it takes just a couple of minutes you don't pressure cook it you just turn on the saute feature in the instapot and just uh, quickly uh, give it a saute and then throw on that barbecue sauce and then really in the time that it takes for the barbecue sauce to heat up and heat through the cabbage is done so it's mm. really quick
0: so people could try that even before their instant pot arrives
1: Oh, yeah, you can do it on the stove. Yes, I, yeah, I started on the stovetop, but then, uh, yeah, once the Instapot came in my life, I just started doing it in the Instapot. But, mm-hmm. yeah, you can do that on the stove. Easy peasy.
0: Right. So I noticed, at least at the beginning here, there's a lot of, looks like, um, Tex-Mex-inspired dishes. Um, so what what are your favorite sauces and spices for, for getting that Tex-Mex flavor?
1: Uh, well, New Mexico chili powder is my absolute favorite chili powder
0: new mexico chili powder
1: yeah so you know jen there's all of course you know i'm here in texas so when i go to the store and i go to the bulk spice section in my grocery store there's you know eight different versions of chili powder that i can that i can choose from we really love our chili powder here so uh but new mexico chili powder is is our my family's favorite i you know i still have kids that really don't I have one child really who doesn't like spicy chili or spicy foods. So um, we don't get into the hot stuff, but we mm-hmm. love Tex-Mex. Uh, that's why there's so much Tex-Mex in there. You know, my family just, we just love it. We, we're Texas. <laughs> we're uh-huh. Texans, so it's just natural. But, uh, but um, I think what helps when we're, when we're trying to convert, um, we're trying to bring our old favorites back around to make them more plant-based or, you know, veganizing them. I always say that it's important to use those spices that remind us of what we love so much about that dish. You know, it's usually it's the textures that we're after and it's those spices. So my New Mexico chili powder, my New Mexico oregano, uh, a good cumin. Uh, There's, you know, there's different cumins out there. And um, so if you can find a place that has, that offers like a variety of spices that you can buy a little bit at a time, Mm. um, I highly recommend you know, going wild, have fun. Put a tablespoon or two in a little bag and take it home and try it and see if you like it. And uh, just to, to explore that, um, cumin works. And I always use lots of fresh garlic and uh, a lot of onion helps a lot to make a Tex-Mex dish. You know, taste authentic. Mm. It's really simple.
0: So one of the things I'm noticing is I'm, I'm every recipe has a beautiful full color photo next to it, which I guess is required for cookbooks these days. Um, Yeah, but when when I (laughs) thank you when I look at the pictures, and if if I showed them to meat eaters and I sort of ripped them out of the book and just without any context, they would recognize almost everything in here, right? They'd be wrong, but they would go, "Oh, there's a pulled pork sandwich, or there's a beef stew," um, right? Is 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 that kind of on purpose?
1: Yes, yes, because uh, you know. Though I was fortunate to have a family that would, that would come on, you know, get on board with me to go plant-based, um, I, I am surround. my extended family is not on board, you know, they're not plant-based, my, and so, you know, it's really important to me, um, to, to show people that we can still enjoy our old favorites, but eat them you know, plant-based and, and my online community. They're the same way. I know so many home cooks who are loving eating and living the plant-based way, but their husbands aren't on board or their spouses aren't on board, or maybe there's a kid, you know, a teenager that's not on board. And so, um, you know, that helps drive what I cook for dinner. I mean, their, their choices or lack of choices affects what I'm going to do because I try to every time I come up with a, or I have a new recipe, I think would work, you know, I feed it to my family first and then uh, to see if it, you know, it's gonna work for them. And, and I think it's important that, that all the recipes be more appealing to everyone, not just, um, not just uh, to a small group. I mean, we're here to spread the health, right? I mean, we really, I think it's more important for us to make things look like um, our old favorites to bring people along, uh, I was just telling somebody uh, last week that there's, you know, there's this um, this gamut of in plant-based eating that we could take, we could step in at any point and just take off in our journey, and um, you know, we've got raw foods, and we have like that place where people are salt-free and sugar-free and nut-free and all that, and then, but then there's this, like, there's this beginning you know where people like to start they need to they need to walk it in slow and they need to give up things slowly and i kind of considered like that the the transition pool and that's my favorite place to hang out i don't know why but i just like hanging out in that spot where people just need to slowly give up their meats or they need to learn how to give up you know to cook without oil and uh, i just like hanging out with those people because Um, they're in real places. They have very busy lives. They've got kids and, and uh, they want to feel healthy and they want to be healthier, but they just can't just flip a switch and give everything up. And so it's so much fun to, you know, create, to have recipes like this for them, to really just um, kind of relieve them of their concern, you know, to, to say it's really, not that hard. And let me just show you how, you know, how easy it is. And you can still have all this flavor and fun. And that's, you know, another, another reason why I wear the bunny ears all the time is to kind of, to, you know, lift everybody's spirits and say, Hey, you know, it's all right. This is fun. This is a fun way to eat. And you're going to have so much more energy and you're going to feel so good when, you know, when you, when you transition over. And so um, I think it's working
0: well you know that that place where you hang out where people are making their initial changes it's like an instant pot right it's like an eighty twenty where you're getting a huge amount of satisfaction from from not that much work right the, the, when, when When people are at that stage, you just change their diet a little bit and you know they they see huge results as opposed yeah. to you know where where maybe you and I are at this point where we're trying to tweak little things and you know, we're we're at a very refined place. But when people are just beginning the journey, the the learning curve is, uh, or the return reward curve is so steep. I can I can see how you don't want to hang out there.
1: Yeah, and it's just cool. And I I just love that that place. Uh, even though I've been, I mean, four years being plant based really isn't that long uh, compared to how long I you know was just eating the standard American diet. So um, I still feel like I'm tweaking and changing and, and I'm still exploring, you know, there's still, uh, you know, plant-based foods out there that I just haven't gotten into yet, you know? So, um, like I'm, I'll admit that I'm still not crazy about kale. I see all those recipes and stuff, but I'm still not crazy about it. So, okay. And I've just, but I've learned that that's okay because there's probably a whole bunch of other people out there, especially in this transition pool that have only thought about kale as being that one thing you you know you see in the frozen or in the meat department that you know divides up all the meats you know it's just some decorative there it's not something that you eat right. <laughs> so, um, so it's like okay you know I, I can relate to them and I can say hey you can still be plant-based and not have to eat kale it's okay you know right. You're like well, spinach good let's let me show you some spinach recipes yeah and,
0: uh, yeah, and I've I heard Pam Popper say, you know, what's like people ask her, like, what's the most nutritious green? And she'll go, the one you'll eat.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's exactly it. It's, it's what you like. And, and I love being in that place where, uh, you know, letting people know that, hey— they already eat a lot of vegetables. They just haven't thought about them being plant-based. You know, they, they, everybody loves potatoes and everybody loves brown rice and everybody loves beans. Most people love beans. I've only met one person who doesn't like beans. So it's, you know, just reminding them that they're all, they're already there. They just need to tweak it there. But you, you know, you were right. You made a good point. We're, you and I are in this place. We've been at it for a while, and now we're we're tweaking and fine tuning. Well, to try to introduce somebody to where we are, that would be overwhelming, and it would be a reason for them to turn away and say no. And uh, I don't want to do that. I don't want to. I don't. I want to leave it open, and uh, I want people to, you know, everybody to see it. Really, is easy, and it might happen, you know, overnight for some people. Uh, maybe they could, you know, flip their lives over in fourteen days, or maybe it'll take them three months. Um, that's completely up to them. But I'm here with the recipes and, uh, and I'll keep cooking and keep showing them, you know, that real families do eat plant-based and, and they like it and it works.
0: So. Right on. So I have, I have a very, uh, I'm afraid it's going to be a kind of a silly question, but in one of the recipes, I think for the, for the perfect jasmine rice, you, uh-huh. you say to put on a, a, a nine-inch glass lid. Now, yeah. did my Instant Pot come with a nine-inch glass lid that I lost
1: no, we have to buy that separate. Okay. <laughs> and I just said nine inch because I think that in the Instapot's user manual, they'll say any nine inch size lid will fit. So we don't have to buy the Instapot lid. If we already have one in our, uh, in our uh, collection, then just go ahead and use it. I don't have one. Um, I actually just use a plate. <laughs> Which okay. drives Donna. Donna Haney is the uh, social marketing uh, rep for Instapot. And uh, there's been a few videos where I'm like just sliding a plate on top of the Instapot because I just need something to, you know, kind of come to a simmer real quick. And she's like, oh, I wish you'd get a lid. <laughs> so. But well, that's funny because
0: I I lost the lid to my rice cooker. I still have a separate rice cooker, and so I've been using a plate. But I have to figure out like where the, the steam is gonna like come out, and I put a towel there. Otherwise, the whole counter gets really yucky with, with like rice starch. So yeah. the So the <laughs> the plate will hold it in for the InstaPod.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, just a regular-sized dinner plate uh, fits right on. And, of course, the, um, of course my dinner plates, are, they have the—they have a little rib on the bottom, so I can, you know, set the plate off center just a little bit and let steam uh, escape if I need to. Well, for the rice, I just leave the lid on. And um, the low simmer makes a pretty hot simmer when you're trying to bring rice up to a boil. So uh, for jasmine rice, I've just made the habit of, Keeping an eye on it when it starts to boil, I turn the, the sauté off and I actually just let the keep warm mode keep everything hot because even keep warm is hot. And so, uh, and then I just let it sit and nine minutes later, it's done and, there's, and it's just there and it's already in keep warm mode. So I just keep on doing, you know, keep on cooking the rest of the meal.
0: Gotcha. So before before we close, I want to. Um... I haven't asked you this in advance, but I would love uh, your permission to take two of the recipes from the book and share them on the blog. Uh, in, in, oh. so tell me, t- so tell me which ones you'd like to share and describe them. So this is, this is a shameless plug for me to get people who are just listening to this to come to the website so I'm that they make- can, uh, you know, visit some more and, uh, get more involved. But, uh, what, what, what have you got off the off the cuff what's what's uh what's what's for dinner tonight
1: okay so um is everyone pretty much everybody in your audience plant-based already well if
0: they, if they aren't they're getting hit with the message pretty hard
1: okay so you think everybody's familiar with uh field roast sausage you field know that? roast you know that
0: one? that's like a brand of sausage right
1: uh, I don't yeah, know much about a
0: really it. Is it, uh, I, 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 is, is it a, like whole food mostly or is it highly processed? Uh,
1: well, it's a, it's made with vital wheat, gluten and vegetables. OK, we'll skip that. One. Oh, you know, right, right, let's let's one. let's here's use one. let's Just use
0: that away. one. Let's let's use that one. So for, for folks who are who are transitioning, here's something that's going to be like very meaty, right? It's going to be like sausage.
1: Yeah. Can you see that?
0: I can't. Tell me what page it is. Know.
1: This is the um, page 24, the best cabbage soup ever. Best so
0: cabbage soup ever, comma, so far. So far. You're leaving, yeah, you're leaving yourself I, an out. That's
1: what my son called it. <laughs> you know, my family, they have to endure uh, going through so many recipes. Uh, thankfully, they're champions about that because I've been a food blogger for so many years. that They're used to me throwing new recipes at them. So when my son... Uh, He loves cabbage. And so when I made this uh, cabbage soup for him, he goes, yeah, this is the best ever so far. (laughs) So he knew there's probably other cabbage soup recipes in our future. But this one's really good. It's made with chunks of carrot and big chunks of uh, cabbage. And it calls for field roast uh, apple flavored sausage, which is really good. And uh, we don't eat it all the time, but it's a really good meal when you're a great fall dish Uh, another popular one with my online community is the bring along black bean hash and there's everybody has all uh, right give give me a page next page is uh, page 20.
0: 20 the black bean bring along hash
1: yeah bring along black bean hash
0: wait uh oh my page 20 has barbecue shredded soy curls
1: oh you know what i'm looking at my proof hold on um
0: well, I could, I could actually, I can read. I can go to the end, the table of contents.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. I should have got I have the proof in my hands.
0: Bring along, by the twenty six.
1: Twenty six. There we go. Okay. Yeah. You'll have everything for that. Onion, garlic, a potato, a bell pepper, some di- canned diced tomatoes. Oh, this is
0: this is so easy. If you if you have. The only thing that you might not have in, in your pantry would be a, pe- a bell pepper in the fridge. So if you go buy a pepper, if you have onion, garlic, potatoes, everything else is cans or frozen um, or, or spices. So you, you go get yourself a bell pepper. You can make this.
1: Oh, easy. And you'll see that the directions are all written for the Instapot owner. So even if you have just purchased your Instapot and you haven't cooked anything yet, you can make this meal by reading the directions. You just, it's, it's really that simple. And then if you're one of those visual learners, you can go over to my YouTube channel, Simple Daily Recipes, and look up the recipe there. And you can just watch me make it and then make sure that you're making, you know, that you, you've got, you're going to come out with the success.
0: Gotcha. I'm really regretting my timing for this interview, which it's now 5:30 my time. I had a light lunch and I'm 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 like tr- trying not to lick the page.
1: <laughs> what do you have a bell pepper? You could go make the the black bean hash.
0: We do we do have bell peppers, but I th- I think we have a cabbage too. So I oh. I'm thinking I may just I may just stop by the the health food market and pick up a field roast. Just, oh. I don't, I don't ever eat uh, processed, you know, vegan meats, but, you know, based on this interview, I think I have to try it just to, to be an in integrity.
1: Yeah. And you don't have to eat the whole package. I mean, uh, you know, for a family of four, I mean, even with a teenager, I really like to only use two sausage links in that recipe because mm. there's plenty of cabbage and there's plenty of onion and carrot. And so there's a lot of other things to, to eat. It's So the, the sausage I'm just using for a, a seasoning uh, mm. in the soup, and that's really... Bit. And then, and, and thankfully, the the field roast sausage. Uh, you know, I'll just take the links that I need, and I put them up in the freezer. And then next month, when we're ready to have the soup again, I'll get those out. So it's not something that we eat every week or anything like that. But it's fun to have on occasion.
0: Okay, great. So if folks come to plantyourself.com dot com and they do and they search for Jill, I think you uh, Jill Nissenow has also been a guest. So they're going to get somebody doing pressure cooking yeah so just search for jill and you can look for uh, jill mckeever and you can find these two recipes they'll just be right right on the blog um and also there'll be a link to your youtube channel and your website and a link to buy your book on amazon and i'll I'll do uh, your your instant pot links so you uh you'll get to cash when people buy
1: thank you Uh
0: uh-huh and yeah. and i'm gonna go home and and now i only have one instant pot so now i'm gonna to have to decide which one to make
1: <laughs> that's true yeah that's the that's the fun of having a second Instant pot but i'll, I'll say this real quick that uh, the second instant pot is really when i get in the mood to do batch cooking mm. so if i want to just go ahead and make a, a batch of beans and a batch of rice at you know in my same 15 minutes of time or that you know same 20 minutes of time, I can, and that's kind of what I've done. The third Instapot that I own is just for cooking demos. When I go and I, um, I'll i be teaching um, a cooking class uh, with the Instapot, and so I thought, well, I'm going to go ahead and get a third one, because occasionally Amazon will put the Instapot on sale. And so um, when I bought my third and this fourth, a third and fourth one, I, um, The fourth one's for a giveaway. But when I bought those, they were ninety-nine dollars. And so Amazon really slashed the price for the for the Instapot. So if you you know keep your eye out for the Amazon flash sales that they have, um, about every three months they put on an Instapot sale. So
0: it's it's awesome. Yeah, so you know, Jill Jill refers to her pressure cookers as her boyfriends.
1: Yeah. considered making uh, a video um i can't think i think it's al green you know the one where he's like let's stay together and uh i have sung that song to my instapot just because i've given up the stovetop pressure cooker it lives in the cabinet i I feel bad because i used to think i was like when i first changed over i was like i felt like i was cheating on my stovetop pressure cooker but then i'm so in love with my instapod it's like yeah i'm never going back we're gonna we're gonna stay together forever (laughs) no matter the weather
0: right (laughs) (laughs) all right well this has been really fun uh as i said i'm i'm now um painfully hungry
1: so (laughs) me too
0: thank you for that (laughs)
1: You're welcome. And, Anytime.
0: And so if folks want to follow you and stay in touch, where should they go?
1: Uh, you, can, you, know, you can find me just about anywhere online. Check, um, go to my YouTube channel. I really, we have a great, uh, I have a great online community over there. We love talking about food and recipes, even though it's all going on under okay, individual
0: so, videos. So someone goes to YouTube.com and there's a search bar. What do they type?
1: simple daily recipes just
0: that's type the, simple daily recipes at the top of youtube and they will find you and your woot woots and your bunny ears and your instant pots
1: yes yes they will so that's the first place i would recommend and then you can always find me on facebook um, i like to hang out there and then one of the other things that uh, just uh, that i love doing is they uh i do live broadcast three times a week and we do that through an app called hang with which you can download through Google play or your iTunes store. It's completely free. And we get together, uh, Tuesdays and Thursday nights at seven o'clock and, uh, and that
0: central uh, time.
1: Uh, uh-huh, central time. And then we get together again on Saturday mornings, about nine thirty uh, central time. And, uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays, we usually just hang out and talk recipes and life and exercise and families. And then Saturday mornings, I get in the kitchen and I just cook in front of everybody. So I'll find some recipe or somebody will say, hey, go try this. And I will just cook that recipe in front of everyone. And it's a great community. There's a lot of people that get on and that they talk and they are there every uh, broadcast. And we have a blast. Great support group for anybody who's uh, in a tough spot or just needs to talk about... Um, you know their transition period or their journey um, there's a great group of people there that will you know cheer them on
0: that's great because I, I I feel like it would be very hard to feel judged by someone wearing bunny ears
1: oh yeah no, no judgment here no judgment at all yeah. <laughs> and not from my community either i have the I have the friendliest online community that I could ever love I, I love them all they've, they've all we've all come from different places and we've all come, you know, um, we're all plant-based for different reasons, but no one's hard on anyone. We're, we're all in this together.
0: Awesome. Well, Jill McKeever, author of OMG Good Instant Pot Meals and proprietress of the Simple Daily Recipes on YouTube. And person who's, thanks so much for taking the time.
1: (laughs) Thank you for having me on. It's been fun.
0: All right. Be well.
1: Thank
0: you. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Plant Yourself podcast. If you'd like to buy an Instant Pot or Jill's OMG Good cookbook, you can find the links in the show notes for this episode at plantyourself.com. It's episode number 126. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to support its mission in the world, there are several ways to do so. One is you can just share episodes you like on social media with family and friends. You can go to iTunes and leave a review and leave some stars. That helps people find it who are searching in iTunes for podcasts who may not know they want to listen to this one. And, of course, you can... Become a patron of the Plant Yourself podcast at plantyourself.com. On the right, there is a donate feature, and you can do a one-time donation, or you can join my angels who are pledging a certain amount every month. That helps pay for hosting, for equipment upgrades, and for the rather, rather large amount of time I spend every week on finding guests, preparing for the interviews, doing the interview, and writing up the show notes, and doing all the publication post-interview. So the garden's all done producing, but now the pecan tree is yielding its fruit. And so my wife and I go out every morning with a six foot ladder and a bucket, and we look and see which ones are ready. And it's really fun. And one of the nice things about pecans is that you have to wait at least six months, probably almost close to a year before they start tasting good. So as we're picking this year's harvest, we are enjoying last year's harvest as well. And, you know, nuts are a funny thing. They're uh, incredibly healthy, but they're also very calorically dense. They've got a lot of fat in them. And so people who have trouble losing weight are often told to stay away from nuts. And I think that's because of the way our nuts are processed. We can buy them in big bags, two pound bags at Costco, where everything is shelled, salted, and we can just shovel them down. I'm telling you, if you uh, get a bunch of nuts in their natural state, in the shell, and you get a nutcracker, you'll spend 15 minutes to get 100 calories worth of nuts. I think that's how uh, they were intended to be eaten. So I hope that all the things in your life that are good come in just the right quantities for you and that you titrate them into your life, into your body, into your soul for maximum enjoyment and well-being. And with that, as always, be well, my friends.